Offscript with Super E recommends listener discretion as these real but sometimes uncensored stories can be filled with mature content. Hello everybody, Jay here with another episode of Offscript with Super E. I'm not going to have a whole lot of introduction from me. Um, A-Train, you got anything to say? I'm just thrilled that uh, we have a special guest that I haven't talked to in a long time. My second favorite, I'm sorry, my third favorite guy. (laughs) Green Jay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Big Steve. Big Steve. I think the best thing to do right here with this is uh, Super E. Why don't you go ahead, do the introductions, and tell us the tale. 10-4, uh, uh, Big Steve, who we're, we have on the show today, was my numero ace partner. And uh, we had all kinds of fun, and he, we're still great pals even after we both retired. And I will let Big Steve just start out with what happened when he first went from uh, East District Patrol to Vice Narcotics and what it was like when he worked with A-Train for a little while, then some of the uh, shenanigan investigations that we had. I, I will have to say that it was my favorite time of my whole career was working in Vice Narcotics with all the various people that I work with. Uh, I mean, as a patrolman, I would see Super E out there running around, and I figured, well, fuck, if he can do it, anybody can. (laughs) (laughs) But you you did it at such a much slower pace, but still so effective. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Steve. Tell us what it was like when you first got into Vice Narcotics. Well, it was pretty cool at first. I mean, I had no, I had no what idea. I had no idea what I was doing, and I wasn't used to girls saying yes to me, having sex. Having sex. <laughs> it was a learning curve, wasn't it? Just because I gave them money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, I had to marry them. <laughs> but they, <laughs> but you knew you, they still loved you, even though you was getting them copious amounts of cash, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like one time, uh, Super E and I went to uh, one of our many jaunts to the strip bar, and Super E was mad because the girls were paying more attention to me than him, which was completely not in his world. That he could understand that, but then I had to tell him the reason I'm doing they're doing that is because I'm giving them money. That's all the cards is money, and he he just couldn't understand it. He would storm off to the restroom, and I can remember one time some guy came by, and uh, Super goes, "Hey, your flies down," and the guy looks at him and goes, "You wouldn't be looking if you weren't hungry." was rendered totally speechless <laughs> and yes, during, during my vice narcotic years for east district i did get a chance to work with uh a train yes yeah. or as the guys out in the street call them t- tea bag <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Actually, actually, he wrote with me a couple of times, and I just, uh, at first, just to get used to it. By that time, I was used to it. But to get used to it, I just would have him uh, take his shirt off and go down to his underwear, and I would say, have him sit in the back and say, and say that he was my little trained monkey that needed head too. <laughs> Is this a Dean Martin roast? Can somebody get Foster Brooks off the podium? Uh, Double S, tell them about when we had to go into that one lower end strip bar. Um, yeah. yeah, it was like it was like it was somebody's granted two story, but somebody's house. Yeah, we just exactly. walked in and they just had a bunch of couches. Uh, you know, in the bathroom they had like the guest towels and the good soap. Uh, but uh, but we were sitting there, and we were there. We went there because South District Factors asked us to go in there. We weren't in there five, maybe five minutes, and some girl came up and wanted to uh, wanted to know if I wanted Xanax. I'm like, oh, how easy can this be? But we didn't do anything to her because she was halfway good looking. So anyway, um, one time I went there and. All the electricity cut off, and it was like no big deal. They just walked around and still took off their clothes for everybody, and we had to hum, you know, catchy tunes. They had a guy doing the beatbox. Oh, double S. We told the story about where I had to deal with Summer, uh, the prostitute, when I was chasing her in the snow and all that, and we were sitting in the car. But Super E forgot to tell you is that she ran up onto a porch and was knocking on the door, and when he went to arrest her, she avoided arrest by swinging a child's plastic tractor at him. No, we, we, included, we included that. Of course that was it. Her feet were black because it was like six or seven degrees below zero. And she was run through the snow, and there was still water, standing water from all the salt. Her feet were black when she got. She's dead now, so. I, I think it's frostbite. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Double S. Remember uh, how our standards were when we were picking up a suspected prostitute? That one girl approached her car, and we said, "Hey, we need a ride." And all she did was sit there and tell us how. Her life was horrible. She was bipolar. She was wanting to kill people. And what was our response to her? Hop in. <laughs> I, I can remember you one time up on 16th Street. We got a girl into the back of, I think we were driving the Caprice at that time. And I was supposed to be the lookout. I said, oh, I'll look out while Super E tried to get a prop. And he couldn't get the prop, but she was pawing at him. And I, I felt like I was watching two 14-year-old kids go at it, and uh, the guy wasn't really sure what, what he was supposed to do with his wiener. And so he was... Oh, I remember some things, too, but oh. before I get to that, tell Steve about uh, when you used to have your uh, doing the dozens with uh, the old fat Smitty or big Smitty, God rest his soul, when you guys yeah. used to argue about who was the biggest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for a while, I was on day shift narcotics, and Smitty was huge. And, but he was about he was about oh man, he was about five or six inches at least shorter than me. And he always said that proportion wise, we're about the same. And so I I told him one day I come in there. I go okay. Here's here's what I did. I took. A picture of me 
and I'm picturing you into a friend of mine who's a forensic pathologist and asked him, asked him how much he would weigh if you were my height. He goes, well, what did he say? I go, okay, keep in mind I weigh about, at that time, 275. I said, he said you would weigh about 740 pounds. <laughs> Tell him about when you uh, gave him the final burn down about how you could prove that he was the fattest by if you both committed a crime and what the uh, description would be from the police from the police broadcast. A, a tall, heavy set white guy with a shorter, much heavier African American male. Not <laughs> uh, uh, on break. And so we had this planned, and I said, hey, Super E, uh, Big Spinny wants to know how he gets to 465 from here. And Super E goes, well, he has to lose about 100 pounds. <laughs> it, and, for reference it, for our listeners, 465 is the interstate loop that goes around our town. There you go. Yeah. Keep going. Oh, wait a second. But, Are you... Do you actually have listeners? Well, my mom. Well, my mom. My mom well, we used to. <laughs> um, so we, we've got like two minutes left. Um, so, yeah, we got two minutes left, guys. Keep going. Oh, well, I can't, I've got one story. You can edit this out or double S. Do you want me to tell it or you want me to edit it? About what? Hazel, the greatest story ever. Why don't we do that in another segment? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. no matter what Super E says, I always have an ace in the hole. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, um, so I'm, it's been a good run, guys. This is probably it. This is going to be yeah. our last show. We're going to get – Anchor is going to pull the plug on us. Um, what? This is great. <laughs> so, uh, real quick to close out this fantastic segment, Steve, you got anything to close us out with? Uh, no, not really. I want everybody to go vote. Oh, wait a minute. We already voted. So, <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you don't vote, you can't bitch about shit. That's true. That's true. Right on. <clears throat> um, uh, well, A Train. Uh, no, I'm just trying to catch my breath. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me on. Long time listener, first time caller. So. <laughs> oh, yes. There it is. <laughs> there it is. All right. Well, let's let's hope that was not our last episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll just wait and see. Uh, Big Steve, you stay around for another another tale with us? You mean today, right now? Right now. Yeah, time. All right, cool. Yeah. Don't touch that dial. Here's more from Big Steve. What do you think? Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a tale and let Big Steve help you with that? Well, let's see. Um, see, me and Big Steve started, work, started working together. What was it, about 1998? Yeah, probably. And then, and then when then me and Steve, we were working narcotics. And then I think it was in 2002, uh, me and Big Steve started working 
We started working the streets together, uh, picking up prostitutes. And every night we were just going out. Uh, you know, Super E. Some, sometimes the words don't come real fast for Super <laughs> I'm okay. starting to Did figure I lose that you guys? out. Okay. Did I lose you guys? Yep. Yeah, that's all yeah. right. I'll cut it out. But anyways, but anyways, so Steve's in front, or Double S is in front of me. And I said, hey, what about that blonde chick there? And he goes, I don't think she's working. I said, well, let me give, let me give her a try. He's like, all right. I pull up in front of what I thought was a blonde female. It was a dude with unbelievably nice blonde hair about down to his waist, but it was a dude, and he was wearing a T-shirt, sweatpants, and 70s gym trunks pulled over the sweatpants. And he gets in the car, and he's like 62 years old. And I ask him what he's out doing. He goes, well, he needs to make money because he's a heroin addict. And uh, he would give me head for ten dollars. This is this is going to be an arrest. So we end up locking the guy up, and then the guy we start lecturing the guy about you know being on heroin and all this. <laughs> and the guy goes, "Well, I've been doing heroin for forty years. I was a football coach on heroin, and I raised a family on heroin. Heroin has not neg- negatively affected my life." And then Double S, in his ultimate burn-down snarkiness, advised the guy, go ahead, Double I said, well, let me see here. You're 60 years old. You're out here. You barely have any teeth. And you're giving, and you're giving guys head for $10. I think, I think that you pretty much have hit bottom as far as the heroin usage is concerned. And, and the guy just, he didn't know what to st- say. And then Steve just slowly walked off in self-satisfaction. Another I, victim I, of his burn downs. I dropped my, I dropped my uh, radio like a microphone. I said, I'm out of here. So, Big Steve, would you say that his bottom was as bad as A-Train's um, drinking bottom when he got the thumb in his ass? It, 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 oh, you too, Jay? Oh, my God. And... I did not get a thumb in the ass. He simply threatened to do that. And but why me, did your back arch automatically? <laughs> and after he threatened me, he said, and there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. <laughs> and then you said, there's nothing I will do about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you betrayed me. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. A train so, said, "Bring it on, you bald bitch." Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. Were you there? Yeah. Hey, so Super E, um, why don't you, if we could get Big Steve's perspective on a couple of uh, past episodes that I know he was involved with when oh, you made yeah, an yeah. arrest, such as you know the um, handicapped gal that uh, you saw rolling down the road. Am I bringing any memories oh, yeah. there? Yeah, if it wasn't for Double S and his uh, uh, gigantic strength and heft, we wouldn't have been able to get her up. Remember uh, Double S, the Ironside chick rolling down the road that was prostituting? Yes. And uh, Super goes, I'd go try her. I go, "Uh, she's in a wheelchair. No. And he goes, I'm still going to try her. So he pulls over. He opens up the door. 
She wheels over there. She struggles to get herself in, much like Super East Mom struggling to get off the toilet. But uh, <laughs> once, once, once she gets in, it's like 30 seconds, and he has the prop. So we're not going to take her to jail. So we give her a ticket, and then we have to take her up to uh, her apartment, and her apartment is up a flight of stairs. <laughs> and I said, well, why doesn't your landlord put a ramp in? She's like, oh, fuck yeah, man. I, I mean, I still don't know how she got, unless she really wasn't handicapped, um, but she didn't... Uh, she didn't seem to mind, uh, and she was screaming as we were, not screaming, but she was, oh, uh, you know, as we'd go up each stair, because, you know, I was, we were pulling her up and pushing her up the stairs. And she thanked Super E uh, for not giving her, taking her to jail, but giving her a ticket, and then uh, made out with him for a little bit, but other than that. <laughs> Double S, what was one of your ugliest uh prostitutes you lock up does anybody stick out in your mind oh yeah um i forget what is uh it was a dude his name was ronnie robert uh something like that anyways uh he gets into my car and i could smell and he's got like a dress on but he's got like several days worth of beard there and uh <laughs> He looks at me, goes, buy a girl, buy a girl a beer. And <laughs> and I was like looking around going, okay, uh, I don't see any girls around here. No, I didn't say that. I said, why don't we just go ahead and do what I picked you up to do, and then you can use the money I'm going to give you. And uh, he's like, okay. And uh goes, what do you want? We get the prop and everything. He goes to jail. And he goes to jail several times. So we get him in court on like December 23rd and he gets found guilty of all of them. Uh, he pleads guilty to like two of them, but there were like four more. And uh, the defense attorney goes, well, could you please have so-and-so, I forget what his name was, um, could you start a sentence after the holiday season? And, <laughs> and the judge is like, oh, yeah, sure, I guess. I don't care. And uh, so he was going to start a sentence after the holiday season. We go, out, we go out that night, and we're driving around, and there he is. So I'm like, okay, there's, there's no fucking way that he's going to... So he gets in the car and says says the exact same thing. Buy a girl a beer. And I and I say the exact same thing. I said, Well, why don't we go ahead and do what I picked you up to do and then you could use that money to buy beer? He goes, Okay, we get the prop. I'm like, I cannot believe that you, he I go, not only have I arrested you before, but this morning we had court on you. <laughs> That's why they call it dope. Yep, yep. And so a little bit later on, he had to do his uh, his time. He gets out, and then he goes to jail for a sea felony. He was going to uh, give blood. He gave blood several times, and they found out that he had he was HIV positive. Uh -huh. So, 
So that's how we got uh, really actually going to jail. Double Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just remembered. Tell A-Train and Jay, because I told them about it, but tell them about the death girl that you got. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, there's a deaf girl, and we, I mean, the first time uh, I drove past her, you know, I honked the, and they told me she's deaf. So the first time I go, I honked the horn in her, and she didn't even turn around. And they go, okay, you idiot, she's deaf. I said, oh, yeah, okay. So I turn around and pick her up. I write everything down, which, you know, is on, you know, the official yellow pads um, and, uh, and so she's like okay blah 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 so she goes to jail she's furious with me and um, we, we go to trial and I had kept in my secure desk at work uh, the note that she had written out uh, that I uh, anyways the note and um, so we get up there and First of all, the defense attorney wants to see it, so I show him the note, and he go and he goes, "Your Honor, I go." He goes, uh, "The chain of custody on this is unsure." I said, "I've had it uh, the whole time." He goes, "Your Honor, I object." He just he just showed me it, and the, <laughs> judge, and the judge is like, "Okay, you're an officer of the court. I think the chain of command is still uh, the chain of custody is still there," yes. and so. I put it down. I'm reading it off, but all of a sudden, the deaf girl reaches over, snatches it, throws it in her mouth, and starts eating it. <laughs> and everybody is just stunned in the court, including her interpreter. Oh, hold on. <laughs> including her ter- interpreter. And and so the judge goes, okay, well, we kind of get what went on. So and then she got uh, convicted of it. And, of course, they give her, you know, uh, you know, so-and-so, I know this is your 15th prostitution arrest, so we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to make you uh, do uh, two days. We'll suspend all of it, and you can't pay anything, so you don't have to pay any court costs. Anyways. So that night, I'm rolling down the street, minding my own business, looking for other hookers. All of a sudden, this car pulls up to me with her and all of her deaf family in it, and they're all they're all yelling at me, not real words. They're just yelling noises at me, and I'll tell you what, it scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> because, it was, because it looked like, you know, a car full of, you know, cabin in the woods people or, you know, delivery people. And I mean, cause they're all, you know, related and they're all deaf and I'm sure they all have sex with each other. But anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> since, since we're kind of recapping, because we've actually told these stories, but having you tell, tell the actual stuff is great. Okay. Big Steve. I told the story of, remember when uh, Robert, it was me, yeah, me and oh, Robert. Were near wait a minute, A-Train. Huh? You and I are on the same level. I was just getting ready to go there. Okay. Perfect. You remember when Robert 
pit, picked up the male midget hustler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. he, he picks him up, and so Robert is. He gets a prop. We arrest the guy. We we are talking to him, and Robert tells us that the midget guy uh, jumps in Robert's car, and Robert goes, uh, "I want, uh, I want to fuck you in the ass." And the midget goes, uh, "I'm afraid." I'm not a bitch. I am going to fuck you in the ass, and then you're going to give me hand. <laughs> do, do you remember when, when we locked him up, how upset that little guy was? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, here's the funniest part, though. Do you remember it was a few days after that we had all gone to dinner, and you were driving, Robert's in the front passenger seat, and we yeah. see that guy right by the stop sign. <laughs> yeah, and you rolled up and got as close to him as you could, and you rolled Robert's window down. <laughs> and the whole time, he's like, we go, fuck you, Steve, fuck you. <laughs> and they, they just looked at each other, and they're like, what's up? Hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> that was hilarious. Hey, uh, Double S, uh, tell them the time. I just remember this. When you you and uh, Ray got robbed, you remember that? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's not really funny. Well, um, it's, well it's interesting. People are interested yeah. in what kind of dangers we had to face. Well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we pick up this guy, and he, uh, he wants to sell us crack. So we're, uh, we go, okay, so... We're driving. He has us pulled down the street, and he's sitting in the back. Uh, Ray is driving. Not Ray. This Ray. Another Ray is driving, and I'm in the passenger seat. All of a sudden, there's a gun at my head. Yeah. And uh, he's like, uh, give me all the money. So I had like $140 or something like that. I reached for my pocket and gave it to him. And he goes, he goes to Ray. He goes, now, he goes, you give me your money. And he didn't have any because he was just detailed to us. He goes, I don't have any money. And he started getting madder and madder. He started poking me in the head with the gun. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting on my gun. And I'm like, okay, you know, maybe he can't hit a target at five yards even. Because yeah. he wouldn't keep his eyes on the front sides. I said, but I'm pretty sure with the muzzle against my head, he can probably hit it. Yeah. So then he goes, then he goes, get out of the car. And so we figure, oh, okay. So we got out of the car. I pulled my gun and he takes off in our car. If I would have shot him, I would have shot him in the back. And so if, if I would have done that, you know, I'd be welcome welcoming people to Walmart at this point because <laughs> I would have been in big trouble but the, but then we had we're sitting there we don't have our radios with us we don't have uh, the phone cell phones were almost non-existent at that point so shows you how long ago it was and so we had to I had my gun I didn't have a shirt on <laughs> hey, that is the biggest crime. <laughs> yeah. And so we had to walk up to somebody's house, bang on the door, and here come they look out the door and there's this relatively tall, 
somewhat overweight guy with no shirt on. <laughs> and, uh, and was that you, A Train? That's what I'm talking I think so, someone said, the, hey, meatloaf's here. You don't. Uh, Oh, that's a story I could tell. But uh, the uh, uh, the lady who's who looks out the door goes, "If you don't get off my porch, call the police." I said, "Exactly, <laughs> call the police, please call the police." And so everybody comes running, and we're looking for the guy. They find the car. They don't find the guy, um, and uh, eventually they figure out who it is. And, uh, and so he, cause I, at first, uh, Ken was the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, detective on it. And he showed us, you know, a bunch of pictures of the of guys. And I was like, fine. I don't know if I can actually identify the guy until he had something with the guy's picture. And I go, okay, yeah, that's it. Um, and then he ended up doing quite a bit of time uh, for doing that. And then most satisfying, of course, is when he got out. He was he was out maybe three or four weeks, and uh, he jumped off of the bridge at Eagle Creek and drowned and died. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Happy. You think maybe yeah. he saw you with your shirt off and just couldn't live? <laughs> he, he can't. He couldn't get that out of his mind. He goes. I, I, I I don't I don't care if I go to hell. I've already been there. <laughs> that well, there's two sure ways. There's two sure ways of dying. Um, see me with my shirt off, or ha- actually have sex with her. Super. <laughs> Speaking of no yeah, shirt on, the, do you remember yeah. when we were when we were working part time up at uh, uh, you know? Wherever, what is that place? Is it Rolf Dow Music Center? Yes. Yeah, and we were, it was during the Fish concert where pretty much anything goes. So, of course, Ernie was wearing his traditional uh, work boots, cut off shorts with no shirt on. And this gigantically fat girl walks past him and went, Oh, that's a good look. <laughs> and, all of us just started howling. And Ernie was, I'm sorry, Super, super E. Super E. was very offended. He couldn't believe it. Steve, we appreciate you. We hope to have you oh, back. You got anything uh, left to say? No, I've, I've had an excellent time reliving. And I'm sure that there are many more stories that we can either that actually happened or we'll pretend like they happened. That's perfect. I mean, Steve's like the uh, wacky neighbor on a sitcom who just shows up and just makes everybody laugh. Yeah. A train. Shows up. Got anything. Uh-huh. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate oh, it. Oh, you're welcome. All right, A train, take us out. Okay. See you guys. Bye. Bye.